The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. Happy Bad Monday. Right off the bat, I want to thank you guys for the response to last week's episode. I was blown away by how many people experienced something so similar during their labor and delivery and birth and postpartum. And it just, it was the most amazing week, like hearing from you guys and talking to so many of you and like just realizing really that these feelings are so common. So many of us have experienced this stuff, but we don't really feel like we have anywhere we can say it or anybody who can relate. And I don't know, it was just, it was amazing to to talk to you guys. And you guys were so kind and receptive. And I just was blown away. It was like by far my favorite episode to record, like telling that story and having that experience, like nothing will ever top that. And you guys just received it so well. And we're so supportive. I have the best listeners in the entire world. This week's episode is a little bit different. This topic, well, it's actually two topics. And these were actually going to be maternity leave episodes, but I did not record them in time. And I'm actually so happy to be recording it now post baby because I just have a lot of thoughts about a lot of these things. So today's topic is advice and it's a two-parter. The first half, we're going to talk about the worst advice you've ever received. (laughs) And then I thought we would end the episode with the best advice you've ever received. So I crowdsourced these. These are your guys' answers that you sent in. And there's nothing better than sitting around with your gals and giving each other advice and listening to, to each other and offering little, you know, nuggets of wisdom. I like to believe that every now and then I get a good nugget of wisdom in these episodes. I think for the most part, I just am talking nonsense and I don't really say anything that helpful. So I'm grateful that you guys have helpful things that we can share to the audience. (laughs) And I don't know why I wanted to do the best advice and the worst advice that you've received. I just think, I don't know. I just, I think that sometimes you can learn more from the bad advice than you can from the good advice. So without any further ado, let's talk. Oh, wait, actually, there is further ado. There is further ado. I wanted to talk about my ins and outs for this year because when everybody was posting their New Year's, like what's in for 2024, what's out for 2024, I was, you know, on bed rest with a healing vagina and a newborn that was, you know, destroying my mental health. I didn't have time to post what I thought was in and out. So I made a little list and I know I'm late. I know it's the middle slash end of February, but I would still like to share what I believe is in and out for the year of 2024. Okay. The first thing that's in motherhood. Motherhood is so in. It's so chic. It's so cool. Like in my mind, everything I do now is like 10 times cooler than it was before I had a kid. Let me give you an example. I still wear Vans. Okay. I still wear the slip on checker Vans. I know they're really out. I know it. I know they went out in like 2016. However, now that I'm a mother, they're cool again. Like me wearing my slip on Vans is cool because I'm doing it while pushing a stroller. It's, it's just, it's automatically cooler. I, I don't know how to describe it, but motherhood is in. Motherhood is very in. 
did I add that to my list just because it happens to be my first year as a mother? Yeah. But you know what? It's my podcast. So I get to do that. The next thing that's in the kale crunch salad from Chick-fil-A. I know what you guys are thinking. Don't recommend a salad at Chick-fil-A. What's worse than when people are like, this salad is so good. Like who cares about a salad? I care about this salad deeply. I do. It sounds so boring, you guys. It's literally kale and cabbage and almonds and a vinaigrette. That's that's it. And when I say that I've had it every single day for the past 11 days, except for Sunday, I mean it. It's actually, I had to learn how to start making it at home because I was spending too much money on this very, like I, w- I went and bought the ingredients from the grocery store and it cost like $6 for enough that'll last me the next two weeks. And I was spending $10 a day buying it from Chick-fil-A. Anyway, the kale crunch salad. It's so good. Get it with some grilled nuggets. Sometimes I get it with some chicken, some chicken tenders when I'm feeling frisky. It is so good. It is the best drive through salad ever. And like, we need more kale. Okay. Everybody listening, you need to be eating more kale. You need more fiber. I know everybody has a protein hobby right now. We're all trying to get enough protein. That's going to back you up. Okay. It's really going to constipate you. You need some kale. The next thing that's in, oh my gosh, actually, weirdly, you guys, I put this on the list before I even had this week's sponsors, like before I even knew what this week's sponsors were going to be, but meal kits, the Marley Spoon ad is in this episode. And just so you know, that's how much I believe in meal kits. People like, I think that because they're advertisers on a lot of podcasts and Instagram stuff, I think that people think like, well, those meal kits aren't really that great. They are so great. I love having a meal kit subscription, like having dinner taken care of, whatever. I won't go too into it because now it sounds like I'm doing an ad, but I really, I, I loved these before they were a sponsor. So meal kits in dairy, very in we're back on dairy. You guys. Okay. All I have to say is oat milk. Okay. I don't want to have it anymore. I don't want to drink weird oatmeal water. All right. I want to drink whole milk. I want to drink vitamin D milk. I want to eat cheese. I want to eat ice cream. I don't want any dairy replacements. Dairy is very much back. She's back. She's gorgeous. She's never going out of style again. I love her. And the last thing that I think is in is bare nails, not getting our nails done. This is kind of a hot take, I think. And it might be just because I have a newborn and I don't see a nail appointment in my future, at least not regularly. So I've just decided that having bare nails is in. Also, last season of Succession, Shiv, her nails were never done. And it just looked like rich to me. I I don't know. I just, that's what happened. So now I think the bare nails are in. Okay, now let's talk about the things that are out. The Dyson Airwrap is out. Okay, there's a Shark Styler. It works just as well. That Dyson Airwrap is way too expensive. And I'm just like convinced that the Dyson's like, I mean, we're all kind of like brand whores for Dyson. I get it. I have a Dyson vacuum. It's great. I just don't know if it's the best possible thing, but man, they really roped us in. They gave us those like cool hand dryers in the bathroom and we were like, this company is NASA. Like they are better and smarter than everyone. They're really not. They're products you can find dupes easily. Okay. And then I only have two things on my out list. One of them was the Dyson Airwrap. The second one is those parties where there's a table and they cover it with tinfoil 
and then they like pour spaghetti on it or like nachos and everybody like eats from the pile off of the table. Those are out. Okay. If I ever showed up to a party and they dumped spaghetti on the table and everybody just went at it with their hands, I would burn the home to the ground. That is so disgusting. I'm, I can't even believe it when I see TikToks of it. It actually makes me dry heave. Like just those parties in general are out. Okay. All right. That was all I had for my ins and outs list. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Dipsy. Do you ever want an escape from your daily life? Do you ever want to, I don't know, maybe just bring your fantasies to life a little bit? If you want to get lost in a steamy fantasy world with hundreds of super sexy stories, Dipsy is the place for you. It is designed to turn you on whatever your fantasy is. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters so you can discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, hot and heavy hookups, whatever trope you're into, they've got a story for you. They also have a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. I know you guys are all reading fairy smut. All right, let's listen to it as well. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories that you can read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of The Bad Broadcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash bad. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash bad. That's dipsystories.com slash bad. When I got pregnant, I just had to stop taking a lot of the supplements that I was taking. And now that I'm not pregnant anymore, I'm trying to rebuild my good habits that I was in. And honestly, it's a lot. It's a lot to have to take a bunch of different supplements for a bunch of different things every single morning. And that's why AG1 is a great solution for this. It's a single solution that supports my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps daily. When I want energy, when I want to simplify my morning routine, when I want to get my gut feeling right, AG1 is the place to go. Since drinking AG1 daily, I just feel better. Not only does it deliver the daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, but it's also a powerful, healthy habit that is extremely simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I'm actually all out of it because I can't keep it in stock in my house because other people who live in my house drink all of it because they love it. With AG1, you know that you're giving your body high quality nutrition because every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I am excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at Drink ag1.com slash bad broadcast. That's drinkag1.com slash bad broadcast. Check it out.
Now we can get started on today's topic, the best and the worst advice, the good, the bad, the helpful, the unhelpful, the unhinged. I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of these things. And again, I don't know how helpful my advice is. Okay. I just say things and hope that something sticks. (laughs) I was actually like when I was doing these submissions and I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to submit like things that I've said, like in the best advice they've received, they're going to be like, Maddie, it was your advice that you gave us. No one said that. No one submitted and said, Maddie, your advice was the best advice. So luckily I won't be the one handing these out. It was you guys. So let's start with the most unhelpful, the worst advice that you guys have received. A very common one. And I agree, this is the stupidest, worst advice. It'll happen when you stop trying in regards to infertility. My heart just goes out to all of you who have struggled with infertility, with loss, with anything of that nature. Anybody who has any advice, like it's one of those things where there's not advice that people can give you, which is hard. It's, but it's just, it's true. Like nothing anybody says could make it better. Like it's a grieving process. There's so many different emotions. And when people try to offer advice, like when I see this stuff from afar or I like have heard it from friends, things people have said or done when they're going through this, it's just wildly unhelpful. If you, I, I shouldn't speak for anybody, but what I have, you know, come to learn about this situation is that if you know somebody who is going through that, who is going through infertility or loss or struggling with that, you have to just like be a present person in their life. You know, you just kind of have to be there for them let them talk about it, ask them how they're doing, send them treats, offering advice on like how to fix it. Mm-mm, mm-mm, that's not going to be a winner. Okay. The next one. Again, I agree that this is terrible advice. Never go to bed angry. Going to bed angry is awesome. Okay. Let me tell you why. In my current relationship, which is by far the healthiest relationship I've ever been in, Sometimes we go to bed angry. Do you want to know what happens? We wake up the next morning. We've completely forgotten what happened. (laughs) Like, okay, not always. Obviously, sometimes there are things we need to figure out. But for the most part, we go to bed. We wake up. We're like, that was so stupid. Because 99% of the time, it is the stupidest possible fight ever. And, you know, I've accepted a really hard truth. And that is that I am the worst. (laughs) Not, no, I shouldn't say that. Not I'm the worst, but I get mad over stupid things. And, you know, in my younger years, I really would have stood by a lot of things that I got mad at. Like I would have been like, no, this is reasonable for me to be mad at it. Mm -mm, No. Now that I'm 30, like I look at so many of the things I get mad at. And if I just give myself the night or I give myself even a couple, if I give myself 15 minutes, I will come back down to earth and realize how stupid it is that I am mad at this thing. So yeah, I think that going to bed angry is great. I think that anybody who says never go to bed, like the other thing is that if you fight at night, like there is a better chance that I will say something that I regret than what am I trying to say? It's more likely that I'll regret what I say than it is that I'll, that I'll regret that I went to bed. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, but that's like, if I stay up late and I'm arguing and we're deep in it, like it is, it's bad. I also think that, oh, I should have added this to the best advice that we received. 
but I'll just add it here. When you have a newborn, anything said between the hours of midnight and 4 a.m. don't count. They just, you know what? Let's extend that. Midnight and 6 a.m. They don't count. Anything that either of you says, any frustration, any, let's just, those are the, those are blackout hours. Okay. They're not real. Emotions are high. Babies are crying. Nipples are bleeding. There is no need to put any weight into anything said between midnight and 6 a.m. when you have a newborn screaming in your face. Okay. Next up for bad advice. An ex once told me that you can make any relationship work if you try hard enough. No, sir, you're emotionally abusive and you're a narcissist and this is never going to work. So I feel like in this episode, when we're talking about advice, marriage and divorce come up a lot. I obviously am a divorced queen and I don't, I don't want to say I don't talk about it a lot. I try to like pump the brakes on like divorce content because I don't want it to be a huge part of like who I am or what I talk about. But I do also have a lot of thoughts on the matter about marriage and divorce and all that. So I don't know. I, I'm trying to to figure out how to talk about it openly while not making it my, you know, obsession. Here's what I have to say about, you know, you can make any relationship work. Before I got married, I really thought, well, if two people want to make a relationship work, then they will make it work. Now that I'm post-divorce, what I'm I'm realizing is the truth is that if two people want to be married, like just like not even married to each other, just be a married person, then they can make it work. Sure. If two people want to be happy, sometimes ending the marriage or the relationship is the thing to do. Like it just it I don't know. I it things change when trauma happens. And when you go through hard things, like sometimes your perspectives on life just are shifted in the blink of an eye because I was under the impression that anything could be figured out. And the fact of the matter is that sometimes there are situations where you do have to leave or where you do have to break up or where your happiness and your life is contingent upon leaving the relationship. And you don't have to like stick it out. I think that that's a re- that was a really common thing when I was going through this bad advice is how many people were told like, well, just stick it out. You'll learn to love it. Well, that will fade or whatever it is. Like you don't have to stick it out. You don't have to stick anything out and it's fine. It doesn't mean you failed. And yeah, maybe if you want to be married enough, you can, you can stay and you can be unhappy. You can be an unhappy married person if that's really that important to you. But I personally would rather be an unmarried happy person than stick it out. I just think sticking it out like that's I've said it before normalize quitting. Why don't we quit more things? Quit jobs, quit relationships, quit marriages. <laughs> just quit. Quit more. If it's not making you happy, just quit. Okay. Next one. People telling me that marriage is the hardest thing I will ever do and that it takes compromise and work. This is a lie. Your marriage or relationship should be your safe space. It should be the easiest place to be. I think telling people it takes so much work normalizes toxic relationships. Again, this is something that I agree with. I've talked about this on the Patreon before, but I want to share this thought now. Um, Something was like triggered in me because I was listening to Megan Fox. I almost said Megan Markle. Megan Fox talk about her relationship with Machine Gun Kelly. And she was talking about how they like bring up each other's trauma and they help each other work through all these things and how they're you know, dealing with their shadow selves and their whatever. 
that's what I thought like a really deep, profound relationship was, was like, oh, we like trigger each other and we're bringing up all of this trauma from our childhoods and we're discussing our inner child. Like that's what I thought a healthy relationship was because that was the type of relationship that I was in where so like everything felt hard. Everything felt traumatic. And we were always discussing like childhood trauma and things that happened to us and things that our siblings did or, you know, whatever things that we went through in high school and everything was heavy and hard and emotional. And I thought that we were like working through things. I thought that we had the most profound relationship because we were helping each other. No, it wasn't the case. It was super toxic. I was being triggered and poked and prodded and told that I had all this trauma that I needed to work through and that all these horrible things were going on and that I was, you know, whatever. We don't even need to get into all of that. But when you're in it, you really do think that you are accomplishing something profound when in reality, it is just a toxic relationship. Your relationship should not feel that hard all the time. Your relationship should feel, I mean, I don't even want to say easy because obviously, you know, every relationship needs work, but it should feel safe. It should feel smooth. It should feel like when things like that do come up or you do need to talk about triggers or sorry, I'm saying all these kind of buzzwords like triggers and trauma and inner child. But when those things come up, it shouldn't feel horrific. It should feel safe. That's the point that I'm trying to make. So yeah, I don't think that it should be the hard. I don't think that your relationship should be the hardest part of your life, believe it or not. Okay. The next piece of terrible advice that I think is also bad. Sleep when the baby sleeps. I can't believe how many people told me this. Just sleep when she's sleeping. Just nap when she's napping. No, that's never happened. Okay. Never. First of all, newborns can smell fear. Okay. I'm convinced that Coco can smell my anxiety because the minute I start to worry about her, she's awake. So if I'm trying to sleep when she sleeps and she's, you know, in her bassinet next to me and I'm dozing off and then I think about her and I worry about her, she's awake. So it doesn't even matter because neither of us are sleeping. There's so much anxiety that comes with having a newborn. It would not be possible for me to sleep when she sleeps. I'm like eight weeks postpartum now and I am now just feeling okay anxiety wise. Like I'm feeling more rested. Like she's sleeping great. Coco sleeps like a queen. Let me just tell you, like she's the best thing that's ever happened to the world. I don't want to hear it. Oh, your next one's going to be a terrible sleeper. Cool. I don't care. I take every win that I can get. And she gives me really good stretches at night. And now that my anxiety is calmed down, I'm resting better because I know that she's going to sleep. I know that she's okay. I've spent enough time with her that I know she's not as fragile as I've built her up to be. Because those first couple nights, you're like, I have a very precious, tiny little butterfly in my midst. And if I do one thing wrong, I'm going to like snap her in half or something horrible is going to happen. They're these fragile little angels. But now I know that she's going to be okay when I put her down. She's, you know, everything's cool. So I'm resting better. But those first couple of days, those first couple of weeks, mm-mm, you are not sleeping when the baby sleep. I shouldn't say you're not. I was not sleeping when the baby slept. And I've heard from many people that it is tough. So bad advice. Okay. Next piece of bad advice. You'll wish you had kids when you were younger and then you can be a young mom and keep up with them. Yeah. I've heard this a million times. First of all, I'm 30, which to me feels young. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I do not think that 30 is old. 
But so many people I know are like, well, I want to have a baby or I wanted to have a baby at 20 so that, you know, by the time I'm 40, they're out of the house and then we can have, that's fine. But you're giving up time on either end of the spectrum whenever you decide to have kids. So like I had my whole 20s without kids. Okay. You're going to have your 40s, you know, with your kids out of the house. My kids will still be in the house in my 40s. Like it's just a trade-off. There's no right way to do it. But I hear this. Yeah, I hear this all the time. And I'm acting like my 20s were like crazy. And I did like my 20s were wasted being married to the wrong person. So I really did not have that great of a time. But you know what? I slept in a lot. I traveled a lot. There were a lot of things I did in my 20s. And yes, in my 40s, I will still have young children. That's fine because I had my 20s. So if you want your 20s or your 40s, it doesn't really matter. So stop telling people to have kids young so that they can be young moms. Okay. 40s not old. 50s not old. 60, you're getting there. (laughs) This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the place to go if you are needing to build a website. I know so many of you out there are running your own businesses or starting up your own businesses or trying to grow your business. And not all of us have like the ability to create a website from scratch just out of thin air. This is the hurdle that I ran into when I was really needing a website. I used Squarespace years ago and I'm so excited to be partnering with them because it is the easiest way to create a presence online. It is the best website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out. Whether you're just starting out or you're managing your growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience and sell anything from products to content to time all in one place, all on your terms. They also have something called the Fluid Engine. So with Fluid Engine, there's a next generation website design system. It's never been easier to unlock unbreakable creativity. You have a best in class website template, and then you can customize every single design with a reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. This is like the easiest possible way to make a website, which is a really hard thing to do. And they super simplify it. You can do anything. Like I said, you can sell products, you can sell time, you can sell merch, you can sell custom merch and create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. You can also upload, organize and access all of your content from one place. They have your asset library right there. So you're able to manage all of your files from one central hub. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, you can go to squarespace.com slash bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode of the bad broadcast is sponsored by Marley Spoon. Something that has saved me postpartum has been using Marley Spoon's meal delivery service. I'm always in the mood to cook. I like being at home. I like making my own dinner. I can't always get out of the house to go grocery shopping. And on top of that, I sometimes don't want to use that much brain power when it comes to planning out meals. I just want to have the ingredients. I want to know what I'm making for dinner and I want to unwind a little bit. Marley Spoon has been amazing for this. With Marley Spoon, you can choose from over a hundred delicious recipes every week from Cajun spiced chicken to poached salmon to butternut squash gnocchi to a vegan burrito bowl. I actually just barely made the unstuffed shells for dinner tonight, like less than an hour ago. Many of the recipes are completely customizable. So whether you're looking for vegetarian meals, family-friendly dishes, low-carb options, Marley Spoon has the food you want to eat. Marley Spoon even has an in-house registered dietitian who actually assesses every single recipe so it can take the guesswork out of eating healthy. 
With meal planning and food shopping taken care of, making delicious food at home has finally become effortless. Plus with Marley Spoon, you aren't locked in long-term. Their flexible subscription allows you to edit, pause, or cancel your boxes anytime. So experience the most personalized meal kit with Marley Spoon. Head to marleyspoon.com slash offer slash bad and use the code bad for up to 25 free meals. That's right. Up to 25 free meals with Marley Spoon. One more time. That's marleyspoon.com backslash offer backslash bad for up to 25 free meals. And make sure you also use the promo code bad so they know I sent you. Okay, next one. I got my first full-time job out of college working at a preschool from 7.30 to 5.30 and I barely got paid minimum wage. I told my mom I wanted to quit because I felt like I had no time for myself and the job and the coworkers were draining and I didn't get paid enough. And she said, well, welcome to adulthood. You just have to tough it out. Yeah, no, I didn't listen. And I quit within four months and I started working for a school district with way better pay and hours. Don't tough it out if you know it's not right. Again, normalize quitting. I love quitting things. Next piece of terrible advice, money doesn't buy happiness. Mm, Hot topic, hot topic. Because of course money can't buy you happiness, okay? There are many, many, many people with a lot of money that are very miserable and very depressed and they have horrible things happen to them. Okay, look at Khloe Kardashian. No amount of money could buy Tristan Thompson's loyalty. It couldn't. She has probably had a lot of things that are very, very sad and hard and she has more money than I can even conceptualize. However, money does eliminate a lot of stress. Okay, it can eliminate, like lack of money can cause a lot of stress. So yeah, money can't buy happiness, but it can alleviate a lot of things. So that's just, that's, that's my two cents. I am the world's worst person with money. Like it's not even, it's not even funny. There've been many times in my life where I've stressed myself out because I suck with money. And I learned maybe if I just had a small savings account, I would have a little bit less stress in my life. Would I be all the way happy all the time if I had a good savings account? No, but I want to be worried about my card declining when my Spotify goes through. Okay, next one. You'll learn to love it, so give it time. No, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. If you are dating somebody and you're telling yourself, well, maybe I'll learn to love him. No, (laughs) you got to run away. You got to run in the opposite direction immediately. All right, my mom told me that during postpartum, I should be doing my husband favors, wink, wink, because it's a real struggle for them when we're recovering from childbirth for six weeks. Is that, is that so sad? Is that so sad for men who can't get laid for six weeks? Is that, that must be really, really tough. Luckily for them, their female partners who just gave birth, all they're doing is like, raising a newborn and trying to figure that out and not sleeping and bleeding from every single orifice, literally, and having somebody suck on their body to eat and recovering and peeing into basically a paper cut that has a janky little stitch in it and trying to figure out if you will ever feel like yourself again and dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression. And, you know, that's the good news is that that's all they're going through. So of course you should feel entitled to getting laid. Of course, because what else does she have to do? No. If I had a partner who was like insistent on any of that, I would, I would would not have a partner anymore, honestly. Okay. Next one. Backstory. I cut my hair from my waist to my shoulders. And at a funeral, my uncle told me that girls with short hair are ugly. 
A few years later, I have cut my hair into a buzz cut and I've never felt more beautiful. Cut your hair off, ladies, if you're contemplating and don't let anyone try to wreck your confidence. Do what you want. Shaving my head is 100% on my bucket list one day. I'm trying to channel this energy at some point in my life because I think there's nothing cooler, nothing sexier, nothing more confident than a girl with a shaved head. I think it is so unbelievably cool. So yeah, if you're thinking about shaving your head, please do it and tag me and make me brave. (laughs) Okay, next one. If someone wants to do it for you, then don't do it for them. Mm, No, bad advice. Relationships aren't always going to be 50-50 and they don't exist to just serve you. If I could stand up and clap for that, I would. Relationships are not always 50-50. Brene Brown, I know we're all sick of Brene Brown, but she does talk about this in relationships. Like some days you can give 30 and then your partner needs to give 70. Some days you can both give 10. It's not always going to be 50-50. And also I think in the same vein, personalities are different. Like sometimes people feel loved when you do certain things and your partner feels loved when you do something else. Like it's just, it's always going to be different. It's a different dynamic in every single relationship. Everybody wants to do different things for their partner. Just because they want to do it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Like I'm going to do laundry more often than my boyfriend's going to do it. That doesn't mean I shouldn't do it just because it doesn't occur to him because he's going to fix all of the stuff around the house that needs fixing. And I'm never going to do that. Like I'm never going to put chlorine in our hot tub. That's literally never going to happen, but he does it for us and he does it for me. It's just, anyway, I think that that's stupid advice. So it fits. Okay. Next one, get a credit card while you're in college to help you start building credit. Bad idea. Unless you're very, very disciplined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a credit card and I honestly, it might be one of my life's biggest regrets. I have a credit card and I like kind of don't know what to do about it. Like I wish so badly I could go back in time and just say, don't get a credit card or get one with a really, really, really small limit or get one with really great perks. Like I have the world's shittiest credit card and I've just built up like debt on it. And it's so stupid. Okay. There's some bad advice for you. We're about halfway through the episode. So I think it's a good time to start discussing some good advice. Let's end on a happy note. The best advice that I ever got that I still remember, and this this goes with this first one. So the first one that I have is people think about themselves more than they think about you. That is so unbelievably true. And I had a friend tell me one time I was getting dressed and I was like, oh, I can't wear that because I wore that last time. And she looked at me and the best advice, it was two words. She said, nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. <laughs> nobody cares as much about your outfit as you do. Nobody cares about a zit that you have more than you do. Nobody has noticed five pounds that you've gained more than you do. Nobody's looking. I know we all think they are because that's what we're obsessing over, but it's just everyone's living in their own reality. This next piece of advice, it's on the same, the same one. So I'll just go right into it. It says, if you drink alcohol, drink until you feel it and then stop. If you're feeling loose, there is no reason to keep going. There is really no reason to black out. There's no reason to get overly drunk. There's no, there's, it's not good for your body. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your social interactions. There's just no reason to do it. Okay, next one. Reading Smut will do more for your mental health than any self-help book ever will. You know what? I'm going to add to my out list for 2024, self-help books. Like I'm done reading self-help books. I wondered why I hated reading for my entire 20s. Like I was like, why is this the most boring thing ever? Oh yeah, because I was reading Atomic Habits and You Can Heal Your Life and you know all of these 
inspirational, helpful, motivate. Like it's so boring. And guess what? I learned nothing. I read the four agreements, honestly, five times. I couldn't even tell you what the four agreements are. I couldn't even tell them. Like I remember the day I decided to get divorced. I was like, I'm going to listen to the four agreements. Don't remember a thing. Don't remember a thing. It didn't help me at all. You want to know what I do remember? Reading Akatar for the first time. You want to know what fueled me through pregnancy? A Court of Mist and Fury. You want to know what helped me when I was traveling alone? A Court of Silver Flames. Those things helped me. Four Agreements, Atomic Habits. No, I hate it. I don't want to. I don't want to read them. They're boring. I don't want to learn how to meditate. I don't want to learn that one push up a day will change my life. I don't care. Okay. I want to read about Cassian's dong. That's all I want. Next. While I was in a situation ship and deciding if I actually wanted to pursue things with the guy, my friend told me, if it's not a yes, it's a no. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to add to this. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Like I'm learning. Okay. This is really trite compared to a situation ship or like your life choices, but that's how I feel about clothes now. Like why am I keeping clothes that I like kind of like, or that look okay? Like if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And especially when it comes to relationships with the relationship that you choose to be with for the rest of your life, if that is not a resounding hell yes, then it is a hell no. Okay. Next one. The thing you love the most about somebody and the thing that drives you the craziest are actually the same thing. Figure out what that thing is and decide if you can live with it. This is true in romantic relationships and in friendships. Yes, this is something, it's the truest thing in the world. It's actually like a sick joke because it's so true. Like she used this example and it's something that I've noticed about my boyfriend. I love you. Great. If you're listening, I love you so much. He's mellow. He's mellow. Nothing frazzles him. But then when the situation calls for frazzling, he's not frazzled. And it actually bugs me. It bugs me more than anything else. But then in other times when I'm frazzled and, you know, and I need somebody calm, then he is the calm one. But it's just, it's funny how this thing that you love about them usually ends up driving you nuts. So yeah, I think that that's great advice. Figure out what that is. See if you can live with it. If it is a deal breaker, like deal breakers need to be actual deal breakers. I feel like so many women, they'll tell me like, oh yeah, this is a deal breaker with my boyfriend. And I'm like, you mean your ex-boyfriend? Like if they're like, that's the thing. They break deals. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they shouldn't just be dealt with. Okay. I thought this was really, really good advice. Anger is just an emotion that covers up a more vulnerable one. Every time I'm angry, I try to sit with what's actually bothering me and it helps me actually solve the problem instead of sitting around angry. Like if your mom were to yell at you for running in the street, she was probably nervous about your safety, not angry at you, et cetera. That's awesome advice. Anger is like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like a productive emotion. Like it feels like she's saying it feels like a cover up for something more. You know what I mean? All right, next one. Use a pencil box for snacks in your diaper bag. It keeps everything from getting smushed or lost. Wonderful advice. I love mom advice. You guys know, like all I want to do is talk about mom stuff. It's all I want to do. That's why I had such a fun week talking to you guys about like your birth stories and, you know, postpartum and all of that, because talking about mom stuff is unbelievably cool to me now. And I've always known that the podcast has a lot of mom listeners. Like I've done mom merch before. I, I know so many of you are moms. However, now I feel so unbelievably connected to all of you. I feel like I'm in a secret club. I feel like I'm a Freemason. 
Okay. Like when I'm walking around target and I see another mom with a baby, like I want to like wink at her and be like, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. We know what this is all about. Like you guys don't get it, but we get it. Like we get it. Cause we're moms. We're like, you know, we're in the secret society of mothers and it is the coolest feeling. So where was I going with that? I don't know. Just, I'm just happy. I'm happy to be a part of the club. Thanks for accepting me. Okay. Next one. It's better to have no friends than the wrong friends. <sighs> That's a hard truth to accept because having no friends sucks. Like when I was like 23, 24, 25, I really felt like I had no friends and I just hung out with people who made me feel really bad, who I didn't like connect with, who caused drama in my life, who I was fighting with, who made me feel awkward, uncomfortable and not seen or heard or loved or but I just thought like, this is what friends feel like. At least I have somebody to hang out with. And looking back, I do wish that I had just, you know, existed in solitude rather than existed in a place where people were the worst. But yeah, it's, it's hard to deal with that when you really do want friends, but it's better to hold out for good friends and they exist. It's what I say every single time people ask me about adult friendships, they exist. They exist out there. There's somebody out there who will be a wonderful friend to you. It might take some time. It might take some searching but there is a group of friends or a friend or a couple friends who will fit you perfectly. So just stay looking. Okay. Next one. It's okay for people to be wrong about you. This one, I'm really bad at, I'm really bad at it because I said that, I think, I think I said this in one of my maternity leave episodes that I feel a deep injustice when people don't believe me about something. Like when people don't know my side of the story or when people don't know, or when people don't believe me and they think something completely different, I have a really hard time with that. And I like, I obsess over it and I don't like, like not having that. And there have been a lot of times in the last year and with the divorce and with everything where I just haven't shared my side and I've let people say things about me and I've let people assume things and I've let people, and I've just kept my mouth shut. And I know that there are people out there who think a certain thing about me, even though it's wildly incorrect, but I just have to be okay with it. I just have to accept that people are wrong about me and I can't go around every single person and clarify it. And on top of that, even if I did that, if I went to all of these people who thought something about me and I clarified it and I said, Hey, actually this happened or actually I'm this way they might not even believe me. So who cares? It's not worth the effort, but wow, has that taken me literally a year of my life, like obsessively thinking about this. Like, should I talk about this? Should I not? Should I say this? Should I defend myself? But you know what? People are just, they're not going to believe me for certain things. And they're going to think something about me that's totally wrong. And that's just something I have to be okay with. All right. Here's a couple that I found online. Don't promise when you're happy. Don't reply when you're angry. Don't decide when you're sad. Those are all really good. What is it from Housewives? I think it's, is it Dorinda who says it? Say it, forget it, write it, regret it. Like if you're feeling angry about something, like, uh, okay, I relate to this a lot because if I'm angry about something and I say it out loud and we talk in person about it, it's more likely that I'm going to forget about it and we're going to be fine. If I text it, I remember it forever. I feel like I hate that it like lives on in the ether. Like I just want to say it and get it out there and not think about it ever again. But I feel like a piece of relationship advice that I've learned is don't text fight. Like don't text fight. I hate that. I hate trying to figure something out over text. I do it sometimes and it's such a bad habit. And my boyfriend has finally started saying like, hey, let's just talk about this in person because it is much more productive to just talk about it and get it out because you say it, forget it write it, regret it. Thank you, Dorinda Medley. Okay. Next one. 
you can always make more money. You can't always make more time. I heard a similar thing to this, which is you should spend money to save time, not time to save money. Wait. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Spend money to save time. Don't spend time to save money. I think that's great advice. Time is much more valuable. This one like made me weirdly emotional and I don't know. We're we're going to have to discuss this one. People don't abandon the people that they love. They abandon the people that they're using. And in my own life, this feels very true because the deepest, most supportive love that I've ever felt from anybody, those people have never abandoned me. Even in times where I've been very, very wrong or done things that are hurtful, they've never abandoned me. But when friends or relationships can drop you very easily, it does not seem like that is love. It does seem like that is conditional you know, usage of you. So that feels really painful, but it's also comforting because then you know that the people who really love you are never going to abandon you. Okay, next one. I love this piece of advice. I think this is one in one of my yearly episodes. To be interesting, be interested. Like people will feel so valued when you're hanging out with them and you ask them questions about their life and you care about what they're interested in and you ask them about their family or their job or their kids or whatever it might be. Like being interested in a person it's just, it's the quickest way to connect with people and get people to like see the type of person that you are and like you and want to be around you is if they know that you're going to be interested in their life and what they have to say. Okay. Next one, wear adult diapers for postpartum after you have a baby. Pads are the worst. Diapers are a game changer. Okay. This I disagree with. Okay. And I actually, I, I had a list of things that I wish I knew before I gave birth, but I, I don't know why I forgot to share it last week. And literally on my list is don't use adult diapers because those are meant for pee. They're not meant for blood. And when I would wear them, sorry, this is TMI. So like, if this is going to gross you out, just like turn it off now. But like the adult diapers, I would bleed into them and they, it's, it like would get stuck. Like it was just, it was not, it was not, it's not the move. Adult diapers are meant for pee. (laughs) And maybe I just got the wrong kind. There's a very, very good chance that I got the wrong kind. Um, Here's my advice for the postpartum situation. This is something that I added on my list of things that I wish I had known before I had a baby. The Frida underwear, like the gray boy short underwear are amazing. They are as good as people say. However, they do give you ingrown hairs. So make sure that you're exfoliating because they they don't breathe like your normal underwear. And then also, if you can find pads without wings on the side, they lay in the boy short Frida underwear way, way better. Okay. Honestly, that was kind of the, the most advice that I have to offer that I don't think I said. I mean, I talked about the fluid in labor. Yeah. that yeah, I talked about that last week. Newborn exhausted is unlike any other type of exhausted. Like people will fight new moms on this. Like they'll be like, yeah, well, I stayed up all night for three nights in a row doing this or whatever. It's different. I'm not saying one is worse. I'm not saying, but when you are exhausted and you're also learning how to take care of a full human being that is also using your body as a food source, that type of exhausted is not like anything else. And here, let me, let me offer some hope for people who are thinking about having a baby, because I used to hear this and be like, don't say that. Don't tell me I'm never going to sleep again. And then I would ask moms and I'd be like, so is it true? Like, am I never going to sleep again? And they're like, yep, it's true. You're never going to sleep again. Rest will come. Rest will come. Okay. It's really exhausting for the first little bit, but rest will happen. Your baby will learn how to sleep better. You will be able to take naps. Your partner will be able to take them. Like there, there's opportunity for rest. Don't let that part freak you out. It's pretty, it's pretty intense, the exhaustion, but it doesn't last forever. And I wanted somebody to say that to me. Every single mom would be like, yeah, 
You just, you just has to, you, you're exhausted for literally ever. So just deal with it. All right. I want to end on this one. I think this is such a great piece of advice. This is kind of dark slash heavy, but I was going through a very hard time and I was very, very depressed and I knew I needed to ask for a divorce, but it felt impossible to do. My best friend finally sat me down and said, you are the only one who has to live your life. I know that feels very broad. I know that that seems like a big fat dumb Addie, but we as women, I mean, we as people, but I do think women, you know, tend to veer towards people pleasing more so than men do. I think that we feel like we have this duty for other people's lives. Like we have to perform in a certain way or we have to do certain things because we're here to serve or we're here to make things easier for somebody else or we don't want to hurt that person. Like we do all these things and somehow we have landed at like the bottom of our own list. I don't understand how we did that. And it's something that I think a lot of us are actively fighting against. Like I'm still, I'm trying to relearn it as I take care of a baby. I can't be the most important person to myself. Like I have a baby to take care of. Like she has to be the most important thing. But how can I keep it so that I'm not the very bottom of my priority list? Like how can I balance this while I'm taking care of myself and doing the things that I love and also taking care of the people around me? And what it boils down to is that you are a better person and a better friend, partner, parent, daughter, worker, whatever it might be when you're taking care of yourself. It is what everybody says. It is unbelievably true. You have to put your oxygen mask on before you can help the people around you. Because if you run out of oxygen, guess who that helps? Absolutely no one because you're dead. You forgot to put your oxygen on. Who are you going to save now? So yeah, if that means taking time out of your day, if that means leaving a relationship, whatever action results in you feeling taken care of, you have to do it. Even if it means inconveniencing somebody else or hurting somebody else or doing something that they don't like, you will be a better person if you put yourself higher on your priority list. It's hard, but it's true. You will be a better person in other people's lives if you take care of you. I think that's a great note to end on. That's something that I'm very much working on, not wanting to make somebody sad and not wanting to hurt people. It has kept me in situations that I really should not have been in, that I should have walked away from sooner, but I felt bad. I let guilt keep me there. I didn't want to hurt somebody. I didn't want to inconvenience somebody. And once I started making decisions that were centered around what was going to bring me the most joy and make me the happiest, that's when life started falling into place and I was able to be better for the people in my life. So remember that. Remember to take care of yourself. Oh, I think we got a good amount of good advice and a really hefty amount of bad advice it's hard to know the difference because, you know, in some of these good advice and bad advice things, some of the uh, answers that were in the bad advice column actually came up in the good advice column as well. So I don't know, take it for what it's worth. That's what I thought was the good advice and the bad advice. And the best advice that I can offer you, of course, is to be safe, be kind and be hot. And remember to subscribe, rate and leave a review and also new merch this week. I've restocked the cried today and the didn't cry today sweatshirt and onesie that don't worry. There's not a onesie that says didn't cry today because if you have a baby who goes a day without crying, please let me know what you're feeding them because I've never met a baby who doesn't cry at least once a day. So there are cried today onesies available and then sweatshirts that say didn't cry today and cried today. Go look on the Dear Media website. They are there. But yes, I love you guys so much. I will see you next week with a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. See you then. Love you. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.